are back again, recording on a Friday. Amen. It feels more natural. It does. Last time it wasn't. No, it was a Monday. Yeah, and we got all kawampus. Cattywampus. I've got to tell you, now, we just had lunch. Amy was so sweet, she brought lunch over. I, it feels like I have an onion in my mouth. (laughs) Well, that's all right. It's, I, I literally can just taste and smell and breathe onion. Are you upset about it? No, not really. It's just one of those things. It's like garlic, you know, once it's in there, it's in there. It's in. Yeah. Yeah. You ate the gyro first or whatever it's called. Yeah. What? They both weren't gyros? What was the other one? Chicken. Oh, oh, that's right. The gyro is the the specific meat. So maybe that's why. Mm -hmm. I ate the other one first. Maybe. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. It was delicious. But they were good. Yeah. Well, that's all right. They can't smell anything. No. So no. God bless. How are you doing? I'm fine. How are you? It's a Good. nice sunny day in California. Beautiful. And we're getting close to Easter. Yes. That's the best time. Yes. It's not about the bunny. It's about the lamb. That's right. And there we are. That's right. Uh, do you want to start us off in prayer? I will. Okay. Okay. Lord, I know you're with me and love me. Give me peace of mind as I prepare for this time of study. Help me to focus on my books and notes. Keep me from all distractions so that I will make the best use of this time that is available to me. Give me insight that I might understand what I am studying and help me to remember it when the time comes. Above all, I thank you for the ability to be able to study and for the many gifts and talents that you have given me. Help me always to use them in such a way that they honor you and do justice to myself. In your name I pray, amen. Amen. You know, in editing last uh, last time, mm-hmm. I really couldn't believe how long we talked about Casa de Fruta. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't right, honestly. It wasn't. Because in case you guys haven't figured it out, we we record one session and then I chop it up into individual episodes and it just went on and on. It was entertaining to us. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I guess I'll just leave this in. Yeah. Anyway. We are. Yeah. You know, when you live here, you go there. You do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So Deuteronomy, we are starting it. Now, this is the fifth book in the Bible. Just thinking back, we had Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and then now Deuteronomy. Um, And then Moses is said to be the author. It was written around 1400 BC, and it covers uh, 1450 BC to 1400 BC. And then there were a couple uh, little notes at the front of Deuteronomy that, um, that were good. It said the entire book of Deuteronomy takes place in Moab in preparation for Israel entering Canaan. The title of the book means second law or repetition of law. And Moses repeats many of the laws and commandments that were revealed by the Lord. Before the Israelites go into the promised land, Moses has some important advice to give them. He delivers his advice in three parts. In the first, Moses reviews the history of God's previous care for the people of Israel. So a lot of this is just going to be a review, which is awesome. Yes. It's wonderful for the, um, 
for the Israelites because it's that new generation. And it's like, okay, once again, with the preparing them. Yeah. It's great. It is. It's wonderful. Did you want to read the uh, that note, that large note yeah. uh, for chapter one? Sure. With the new generation poised to enter the promised land, Moses's review, Moses reviewed their history so that they would not forget how greatly God had blessed them. It is very important for us to remember what God has done for us and for others before us to build our faith and help us to follow him through rough times. Through God's actions in the past, we can learn about the God we serve today. Okay, I had um, the Israelites spent 40 years on a journey that should have lasted 11 days. Amy, 11 days. I know. It wasn't distance that stood between them and the promised land. It was the condition of their hearts. God's purpose went deeper than simply transporting a huge group of people to a new land. He was preparing them to live in obedience to him once they arrived. What good was the promised land if the Israelites were just as wicked as the nations already living there? The journey was a painful but necessary part of their preparation. Through it, God taught the Israelites who he was, the living God, the leader of their nation. He also taught them who they were, people who were fallen, sinful, prone to rebellion, and doubt. He gave his rebellious people the law to help them understand how to relate to God and to other people. Your spiritual pilgrimage may be lengthy, and you may face pain, discouragement, and difficulties. But remember that God is just trying to keep you alive, isn't just trying to keep you alive. He wants to prepare you to live for service and devotion to him. Did you have anything more for chapter one? Because it's just kind of setting things up. Um, I have, uh, it said, notice that Moses' summary of Israel's 40-year journey began at Mount Sinai, not in Egypt. Why did Moses leave out the first part of the Exodus? Moses was not giving an itinerary. He was summarizing the nation's development. In Moses' mind, the nation of Israel began at the base of Mount Sinai, not in Egypt. For it was Mount Sinai that God gave his covenant to the people. Along with this covenant came the knowledge and responsibility. Knowledge and responsibility. After the people chose to follow God, they had to know how to follow him. Therefore, God gave them a comprehensive set of laws and guidelines that stated how he wanted them to live. These are found in the books of Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers. The people could no longer say that they didn't know the difference between right and wrong. Now that the people had promised to follow God and knew how to follow him, they had a responsibility to do it. When God tells you to break camp and move out to face a challenge he gives you, will you be ready to obey? Mm. So, yeah, did you have anything else for chapter 1? I have um, Deuteronomy one thirteen through 18 where Moses identified the inner qualities of good leaders, wisdom, experience, and understanding. These characteristics differ markedly from the ones that often help elect leaders today. Good looks, wealth, popularity, willingness to do anything to get to the top. The the qualities Moses identified should be evident in us as we lead, and we should look for them in those we elect to positions of leadership. That's true. Yes. Anything else? Okay, so 
I had one thirteen through 18. It says, choose some well-respected men from each tribe who are known for their wisdom and understanding, and I will appoint them as your leaders. Then you responded, your plan is a good one. So I took the wise and respected men you had selected from your tribes and appointed them to serve as judges and officials over you. Some were responsible for a thousand people, some for a hundred and fifty, and some for ten. At that time I instructed judges, you must hear the cases of your fellow Israelites and foreigners living among you. Be perfectly fair in your decisions and impartial in your judgments. Hear the cases of those who are poor as well as those who are rich. Don't be afraid of anyone's anger, for the decisions you make is God's decisions. Bring me any cases that you are too difficult for you, and I will handle them. At that time, I gave you instructions about everything you were to do. Mm. And then that was the note you that read was the for note. Okay. All right. Yeah. Boy, I wish that's how things... I mean, that's the, that's the ideal way it should be. Yeah. Um, okay, so... That's it. How are we looking on chapter one? Good. Okay. Okay. So on to chapter two. Could you please read chapter two, verse seven? Sure. For the Lord your God has blessed you in everything you have done. He has watched your every step through this great wilderness. During these 40 years, the Lord your God has been with you and you have lacked nothing. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And has been with them the whole time. They didn't lack food, water, no, protection. Nothing. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Not one thing. Israel did not have to spend 40 years on the way to the promised land. God sentenced them to wilderness wanderings because they rejected his love, rebelled against his authority, ignored his commands for right living, and willfully broke their end of the agreement made in Exodus. In short, they disobeyed God. We often make life's journey more difficult than necessary by disobedience. Accept God's love, read and follow his commands in the Bible, and make a promise to stick with God whatever your situation. You will find that your life will be less complicated and more rewarding. Yes. Mm. Did you have anything else for chapter two? I just had regarding... um... 225 which said beginning today i will make people throughout the earth terrified because of you when they hear reports about you they will tremble with dread and fear god told moses he would make the enemy nations terrified of israel by worldly standards israel's army was not intimidating but israel had god on its side Moses no longer had to worry about his enemies because his enemies were worried about him. God often goes before us in our daily battles, preparing the way and overcoming barriers. We need to follow him wholeheartedly and be alert to his leading. Mm. That one part where it said God goes before us in our daily battles, Mm -hmm. that just, that's what you remember what you were telling us? Our months ago, um, like going to the doctor's yes. office. Oh my gosh. You don't know how much that meant to me, especially. It's true. Yeah. You know, I, last night at sister to sister, we were talking and, uh, one, one person, their child was overwhelmed and 
she didn't know what to say. And I said, you know, I'm not, I don't know everything, but what I've learned is it's so simple. We just, the only person in anything, we only have to answer to Christ. Mm -hmm. Our only answer comes from him. Mm -hmm. If you talk to him today, is he going to answer your question today? Maybe not. He may want you to be still, as you and I know. Yeah, yeah. We've had to be still for a long while sometimes. Yeah. But it's that simple. Mm-hmm. There's Man is not who we're to answer to. All the stuff that's going on in the world, that's not who we answer to mm-hmm. or who our answers come from. Yeah. Really, your child gets stressed out, this or that. Just say, listen, this is who you answer to. This is who you matter this is it you know Mm -hmm. and hopefully they can find comfort in that or pray with them or like if you're nervous about a situation that's coming up you know like you you had said you know god's already been through there he's already he's already walked through there for you he has regardless of what it is yeah yeah he's already walked through it yeah he, we don't understand that because we only live in this moment. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Um, did you have anything else for chapter two? Let's see. No. Okay. Chapter three. So in chapter three, Moses recalls the victories over King Og and the, the land of Bashan. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Lord was handing over all these victories to the Israelites. Yes. Um, did you have a note for that first part? I did. Um, For three, one through three, I said, um, God can help his people regardless of the problems they face. No matter how insurmountable the obstacles may seem, remember that God is sovereign and he will keep his promises. Mm -hmm. Then Moses also, he recalled the land given outside of the promised land. And how they wanted to fight alongside alongside the Israelites in battle. Okay. And then uh, chapter three concludes with Moses speaking to Joshua, letting him know that God is with the Israelites and uh, not to be afraid. And then um, Deuteronomy chapter three, verses 23 through 25. At that time, I pleaded with the Lord and said, O sovereign Lord, you have only begun to show your greatness and the strength of your hand to me, your servant. Is there any God in heaven or on earth who can perform such great and mighty deeds as you do? Please let me cross the Jordan to see the wonderful land on the other side, the beautiful hill country and the Lebanon mountains. So that's Moses speaking. You know, unfortunately, Moses didn't get to do that, but I don't know. It's just beautiful. It is. It is. It really is. Um, And then, you know, that's when Moses, he climbed up the peak and he looked over at the the promised land. And then he transferred his leadership to Joshua, who was going to take them over. Yeah. Um, did you have any notes for, for chapter three or anything else? I had um, a part where it says our battles may not be against godless armies, but they are just as real as Joshua's. Whether we are re- resisting temptation or battling fear, God has promised to fight with and for us as we place our hope and confidence in him. Mm. And I did have one other. Sure. Um, Good leaders prepare their people to function without them. By discovering those with leadership potential, 
providing the training they need and looking for ways to encourage them. And I just think about people I know that work for people who have to be micromanagers. Oh, yeah. And instead of being someone that says, here, you can do this, like a good parent Mm -hmm. that's like, okay, you know, even like your kids as, as we've all, they're like, how do you do this? How do you do this? And sometimes we don't know. Yeah. So we're like, look, I don't know, but I'm going to figure it out. And I may not know, but I'm going to give you the tools on how to do it. And, and we, we prepare them for life and say, okay, go on, you know, here, go (laughs) out. Go on, you're ready. But we don't micromanage. That's not good. Yeah. But you know people that have worked for people like that. And those people can never leave for the day. Mm-hmm. Because they don't, their whole crew's going to put Right, right. And just like Moses, he's going to prepare. Yeah, he's preparing Joshua, Joshua, getting him ready because now he's going to have to lead the Israelites. And uh, he's been in a wonderful example, too. Oh, and you think about Moses when God came. Mm-hmm. And said, Moses, I, God, I can't do that. Yeah. Oh. No, I can't talk to people. <laughs> then he said, well, I'm going to send Aaron with you. Send Aaron with those. <laughs> I just, you know, anyway. But you just think and look at we're all God. Moses, God, Moses told God. Yeah. I can't do this. <laughs> and, you know, none of us are qualified. Mm-hmm. None of us are deserving, but look at, mm-hmm. look at Moses, what Moses did. Yeah. That's what was so, when I first really learned about Moses, it honestly, it blew me away because I always had the impression that M- Moses was very confident. And of course he knew what he was doing and he led all these people, but that wasn't the case. Me too, Robin. Yeah. Until me and you studied this. Mm-hmm. You know, and anybody who is studying with us right now, listen, you're not going to get it the first, second, third time. I mean, let's be honest, Robin, with them. Oh, yeah. We've studied this Bible for three years. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And it takes many times to go over. I mean, a little bit gets in, a little bit gets in. (laughs) Yeah. And it eventually takes time. And we still don't know it all, but just keep on. Yes. And, And then you'll remember some stuff and you can go back and remember it and... That's the great thing about the Bible. You learn something new, but I just, I want to just, yeah. So. And you will see things differently. I know. I mean, it'll be the same, but you'll be like, oh, okay. And it'll it'll sink in a little differently. Yeah. If you're, if you're a good leader, you're going to prepare the people. Because I think sometimes people get scared. They get scared of letting go of that power, perceived power or perceived position yeah. And that someone else is going to take it. Yeah. Even like chores. Mm. You don't want to be doing all these chores your whole life. Get those kids doing some stuff. I mean, yeah. There we go. Like, delegate this stuff so you can leave. I tell the boys. Plus, they have to learn. Oh, come on. You, yeah. don't, want them, you don't want them to be complete boobs when they grow up. No. My two boys, it's like, all right, watch. This is how you do it. Pay attention. I'll give them a couple times, but after that, you got to remember some stuff here. Yeah, don't act like you don't know it. <laughs> I like me sending my husband to go get the children, and he was saying, <laughs> "Where do I park?" 
Where do you park, hun? You're a growing man that has had children. You've experienced life. Yeah. Where do you park, hun? This is what we're talking about. Anyway. Is it because... Because mine does the same thing. Is it because they don't want to do it? Or are they being lazy? I We don't say things like that. Because we are carrying the ship. We're steering the ship, Robin. We're steering the ship. Figure I it out. It, I say it too much, I think. Figure it out. But that's how they have to learn. Yeah. And they're going to make mistakes, and that's how you learn. Yeah. Figure it out. Yeah. You might need a shirt that says that. Figure <laughs> Figure it out. Really, Moses needed that shirt. and That's the one where he had it on his back. Yeah. Figure it out. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But was that anything else for... That, that's it. So for chapter three. Yeah. That's okay. That's all I have. Okay. So chapter four. Now, I thought we could break up chapter four. Okay. Because one through 14 is really great. Yes. Um, and if you wouldn't mind reading one through seven. Sure. Deuteronomy one through seven. And now, Israel, listen carefully to these decrees and regulations that I am about to teach you. Obey them so that you may live, so you may enter and occupy the land that the Lord, the God of your ancestors, is giving you. Do not add to or subtract from these commands I am giving you. Just obey the commands of the Lord your God that I am giving you. You saw for yourself what the Lord did to you at Baal Peor. There the Lord your God destroyed everyone who had worshipped Baal, the God of Peor. But all of you who were faithful to the Lord your God are still alive today, every one of you. Look at how, look, I now teach you these decrees and regulations just as the Lord my God commanded me, so that you may obey them in the land you are about to enter and occupy. Obey them completely and you will display your wisdom and intelligence among the surrounding nations. When they hear all these decrees, they will exclaim, how wise and prudent are the people of this great nation. For what great nation has a God as near to them as the Lord our God is near to us whenever we call on him. Okay, and then continuing up to uh, 14. And what great nation has decrees and regulations as righteous and fair as this body of instructions that I am giving you today? But watch out. Be careful never to forget what you yourself have seen. Do not let these memories escape from your mind as long as you live. And be sure to pass them on to your children and grandchildren. Never forget the day when you stood before the Lord your God at Mount Sinai, where he told me, Summon the people before me, and I will personally instruct them. Then they will learn to fear me as long as they live, and they will teach their children to fear me also. You came near and stood at the foot of the mountain, while flames from the mountain shot into the sky. The mountain was shrouded in black clouds and deep darkness, and the Lord spoke to you from the heart of the fire. You heard the sound of his words, but didn't see his form. There was only a voice. He proclaimed his covenant, the Ten Commandments, which he commanded you to keep, and which he wrote on two stone tablets. It was at that time that the Lord commanded me to teach you his decrees and regulations, so you would obey them in the land you are about to occupy and enter. I just loved it. I, I love that know. whole section. Moses was just breaking everything down. It was just like a lovely 
recap. Exactly. Perfect. Of of everything so far to the Israelites. Perfectly done. Yes. And just preparing them. We remember all this. Remember what God did for us. You're going to be moving on now. Yeah. It was just lovely. It needed to be read. Um, Did you have some notes for chapter four up to that part? I did. I had Moses wanted to make sure that the people did not forget all they had seen God do. So he urged parents to teach their children about God's great miracles. This helped parents remember God's faithfulness and provided the means for passing on from one great nation to the next, the stories recounting God's great acts. It is easy to forget the wonderful ways God has worked in the lives of his people, but you can remember God's great acts of faithfulness by telling your children, friends, or associates what you have seen him do. Mm. Um, Did you have more for that section? Do the laws God gave to the Israelites still apply to Christians today? God's laws are designed to guide all people toward lifestyles that are healthy, upright, and devoted to God. Their purpose is to point out sin, show the proper way to deal with sin, and show the proper way to deal with that sin. The Ten Commandments, the heart of God's laws, are just as applicable today as they were 3,000 years ago because they proclaim a lifestyle endorsed by God. They are the perfect expression of who God is and how he wants his people to live. But God gave other laws besides the Ten Commandments. Are these just as important? God never issued a law that didn't have a purpose. However, many of the laws we read in the Pentateuch were directed specifically to people of that time and culture. Although specific law may not apply to us, the timeless truth principle behind the law does. The thing is, though, none of us are cannot follow the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. I just want people to know that. Mm-hmm. So if you think, oh my gosh, I, I broke, I sinned, I, did, I broke a t- commandment. Yeah, no duh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not being sassy, but honeys, I mean, please, no one... <laughs> Was that hateful? No, no. You cannot live by the tent. We are human beings. We're going to sin. Now, I have a question. Okay. It may be an absolutely dumb question, but I have to ask it. Okay, so we have the Ten Commandments. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Did that not take away the Ten Commandments, but now we're looking to Jesus Instead of the Ten Commandments. Or both. Both. Okay. Those are still laws. I Mm -hmm. mean, we don't want to... Those are still what we should do. Yes. But we cannot be perfect. Mm -hmm. So they are like a... Wait, we we should live by the commandments. Mm -hmm. However, we are going to fall. Mm -hmm. We... Yeah, we are going to not... We are going to have mistakes. We are going to sin and not live perfectly by those commandments Mm -hmm. it's just how it is no one can do that yeah okay you know we're just human beings and we're gonna sin and it is what it is we're gonna sin every day of our life oh yes 
But just to make it clear, Jesus did not replace the Ten Commandments. Right, he didn't replace them, but he died and his blood was shed for every sin that you are going to have on this earth mm. your whole life. Mm. You will be forgiven. Mm. And I think that a lot of churches and people don't un get that. They don't feel worthy of it. And none of us are worthy of it. Yeah. But you are forgiven. You are forgiven by a loving God. Yeah. That's what, and I think that's something else that people mm, not don't understand, but maybe it just isn't made clear. God is loving. He's a loving God. Yes, bad things happen, but it doesn't mean he's not a loving God. I think some churches... Um, portray God and Christ as a uh, punisher. Oh, okay. Do you feel that way? I am not one to, to comment okay. on the state of the church. Yeah, I think that, you know, like, um, but then on the other hand, some people, it's all good and roses. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, he is a loving God. Mm -hmm. If you don't, oh, you know, do as you're supposed to, is there a hell? Yes. Mm. I mean, if you don't think there's a hell, I don't, if they're not telling you there's a heaven and a hell, then you, I don't think you're at the right church. Um, the, that documentary we watched a while ago, I, they brought up the point about churches the, in the last so many years, I forget how many it was, have kind of stepped away from, uh, sin and have really focused on like the cheery, happy parts. Do you think that's true? Yes, and it's not right. Because they don't they don't want to lose their congregation. That's ridiculous. That mm. do you think that if God came down he'd be saying this is the wrong thing. Yeah. You're not doing what the Bible is saying. Mm. You know, that's no. Then you then you lose your congregation, then you lose it. But I would think and this is for everybody, you know. You, you want to be truthful with, with especially with this. Like you want to be truthful yeah. with everybody. So people understand. Yeah. You're, you're not being truthful. Yeah. You're not saying what's in here. Yeah. Uh, repent or you're going to hell, mm. you know, or, you know, so. Now just to continue on a little bit with what you were reading, because yes. there's a little bit more to that. Although a specific law may not apply to us, the timeless truth or principle behind the law does. For example, Christians do not practice animal sacrifice in worship, but the principles behind the sacrifices, forgiveness for sin and thankfulness to God still apply. The sacrifices point to the ultimate sacrifice made for us by Jesus Christ. The New Testament says that with the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Old Testament laws were fulfilled. This means that while the Old Testament laws help us recognize our sins and correct our wrongdoings, it is Jesus Christ who takes our sins away. Jesus is our primary example to follow because he alone perfectly obeyed the law and modeled its true intent. That's just something. And when we get into the New Testament, I mean, I've only barely scratched the New Testament. And, you know, for, for Jesus to... to live the perfect life but he he didn't shy away from things no like he spoke to people that you wouldn't have thought he would he would speak to mm -hmm. and dealt with people yeah all sorts of people from Everybody. all walks of life absolutely yeah 
Uh, Moses then warned the Israelites against idolatry and not to make idols in any form. Um, and there was a good note on that. Did you have, did you have anything for on that? which one? I believe that was 419 where he's talking about yes. idols. God was not excusing the other nations for their idol worship. He was simply saying that while judgment might be delayed for those other nations, he was simply saying that while judgment might be delayed for those other nations, it would be swift and complete for Israel because Israel knew God's laws. We must remember that idol worship was not just keeping statues around the house. Harmless lumps of clay, wood, iron, or iron. It was the commitment to the other evil qualities, such as practicing qualities and practices the idol represented such as murder prostitution cruelty and war or self-centeredness when the strengths and attributes of powerful human or humans or animals are revered or the cycles of nature are honored without reference to god who created them this is idolatry because god had so clearly revealed himself in israel's history the Israelites had no excuse for worshiping any person or power but the one true God. Hmm. Boy, that's for sure. Boy, I can't even imagine, and I and I absolutely mean this for myself as well. Yes. Um, how much idolatry we take place every day. Every day. Um, would you mind reading Deuteronomy chapter four, verse twenty-four? Yes. Let me get to that. The Lord your God is a devouring fire. He is a jealous God. I had you read that because I've heard that before several times. Mm -hmm. And it's always like, why would he be a jealous God? Like sometimes it just doesn't sit right. Yeah. Would you mind reading the note no. that's attached? God is a devouring fire because he is morally perfect. He hates sin and cannot accept those who practice it. Moses' sin kept him from entering the promised land. And no sacrifice could remove that judgment. Sin kept us from entering God's presence. But Jesus Christ prayed, paid the penalty for our sin and removed God's judgment forever by Jesus' death. Trusting in Jesus Christ will save you from God's anger and allow you to begin a personal relationship with him. So good. So when they say that, that he, he just, he loves us so much. Yeah. He just does he doesn't want us to be sinning. He doesn't want to lose us. He right. Okay. He just loves us so much. Mm -hmm. He wants to be with us, you know, in eternity. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then uh in Deuteronomy chapter four, verses twenty six and twenty seven, today I call on heaven and earth as witnesses against you. If you break my covenant, you will quickly disappear from the land you are crossing the Jordan to occupy. You will live there only for a short time, then you will be utterly destroyed. For the Lord will scatter you among the nations where only a few of you will survive. So he's telling them right now. Yeah. This is what's going to happen. This is it. And guess what? That's what happens. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're reading now. Yeah. <laughs> That's what yeah. you and I are. Yeah. No kidding. When I was reading that, I'm like, oh. Yeah. There we are. <laughs> there we are. Yes. Yeah. So he's telling them. He's telling them. So they know. They know it. No kidding. I just read... Um, 4, 26, and 27. But then Moses assured them that God is merciful and he would never abandon the Israelites. Right. Okay, so did you have a note for, for that part? 
I have 429 now. Sure. Okay. Do you know do you want to know God? God promised the Israelites that they would find him when they searched with all their hearts and souls. God is knowable and wants to be known, but we have to want to know him. Acts of service and worship must be accompanied by sincere devotion of the heart. As Hebrews 11:6 says, anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. God will reward those who pursue a relationship with him. Mm, amen. Yes. Then Moses uh, reminded the Israelites of all of the amazing things that God has done for them. So he's just, he's continuing on, just reminding them of the journey, letting them know what's going to happen, how much God loves them. Yes. And um, would you mind reading Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 35 through 40? He showed you these things so you would know that the Lord is God and there is no other. He let you hear his voice from heaven so he could instruct you. He let you see his great fire here on earth so he could speak to you from it. Because he loved your ancestors, he chose to bless their descendants, and he personally brought you out of Egypt with a great display of power. He drove out nations far greater than you so he could bring you in and give you their land as your special possessions as it is today. So remember this and keep it firmly in mind. The Lord is God both in heaven and on earth. And there is no other. If you obey all the decrees and commands I am giving you today, all will be well with you and your children. I am giving you these instructions so you will enjoy a long life in the land your God is giving you for all time. Beautiful. It is. Just beautiful. Yeah. It's so beautiful. And then did you want to read the note for that part? When was Israel guaranteed prosperity for obeying God's laws? Yes, but we have to look carefully at what that means. God's laws were designed to make his chosen nation devout, healthy, just, and merciful. When the people followed those laws, they prospered. This does not mean that no sickness, sadness, or misunderstandings existed among them. Rather, it means that as a nation, they prospered and that individual problems, individuals' problems were handled as fairly as possible. Today, God's promise of prosperity, his constant presence, comfort, and the resources to live as we should extends to all believers. We will face trials. Jesus told us that, but we will avoid the misery that directly results from intentional sin. And we will know that a great treasure awaits us in heaven. Hmm. No kidding. That's great. Yes. So then this concluded Moses' first address to the Israelites. Yeah. And then he's about to begin the second address. And then we'll cover that in the next session. Okay. But I just thought that's... Yes, it's a lot of review of yeah. what's been going on. But how vital is that for the Israelites? Yeah. Because it also establishes what they knew going into the promised land. Yes. I love it. I just love it. Now, was there anything else in, in the reading you wanted to go over? Just on that, um, about the fire yeah. on the 424 where it said, The Lord your God is a devouring fire and a jealous God. There was one more note about the jealousy part. Yeah. It said... Um, 
um, we usually use the word jealousy only for the bad re for a bad reaction, but God's kind of jealousy is appropriate and good. He is defending his word and guarding his high honor. He makes a strong exclusive demand on us. We must treat only the Lord and no one else in all the universe as God. So his jealousy is is a good jealousy because mm -hmm. he just is a he he just wants to be with us so i just wanted to clear that up no that's good because yeah. whenever we hear the word jealousy it's always in a negative connotation yeah. right but not for him not for god no no so i just wanted to clear that up no that's awesome yeah that's awesome all right. Well, then, um, did you, oh, did you have a song for this yes. week? Yes. Um, I don't, it can be sung by anybody, but it's Refiner's Fire. Refiner's Fire. Yep. And it's by any, it's sung by a lot of people. Oh, it is. So no one in particular. No. Okay. Yeah. So where do you, th where could they find this song? Uh, YouTube. That's where I always read. Okay. To. Do you have a favorite artist? No. No? Okay. Refiner's Fire, and Refiner's I will leave that. Fire. I'm going to leave that in the notes, and I'll also put it on the Facebook page. Okay, okay. So let's give out some information. Email is basicbiblestudy19 at gmail.com, facebook.com/slash/mybasicbiblestudy, and the website is mybasicbiblestudy.com. Next time, we are going to be reading Deuteronomy chapters five through eleven. Oh, okay. Yes. Great. And was there anything well, else you wanted to talk about? I just hope everybody has a blessed Easter and he is risen. Yes. Amen. Amen. And remember, if you have any prayer requests, you can contact us through email or through the Facebook page. And we will uh, we will get back to you. Yeah. And congratulations to our winner. Yes, congratulations to yeah. the winner of the of the uh, chronological Bible. That was good. We'll have another giveaway yes, we will. later on in the year. Yeah. But that's about it. Uh, thank you for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed week. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.